Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Believe in a power greater than what you are going through when you don't know what to do. That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. From the City of Angels in Los Angeles, welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I am Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver at caregiverdave.com. And we're also coming to you live 24-7 on 26 global audio and video platforms, iHeart, Radio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Stitcher Radio. Oh, and too many to say. In fact, we are proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and number two on Feedspot at a top 60 and number two on CaringVillage.com. And we have an especially exciting show planned for you today. If you know what it feels like to give in all directions, this episode is going to be great for you. Daphne Vanessa began handling her father's medical care early in the 20s, in her early 20s. By the time she had a child, she found herself living in the sandwich generation life. Yeah, I know what that's like. Caring for both the silent generation and the generation alpha while still maintaining a career and social enterprise. And Daphne Vanessa and Shamil Rodriguez are co-founders of startnew.com. That's N-O-O, an online platform dedicated to reducing plus $1 trillion in student loan debt in that student loan debt crisis and encouraging community impact. And this sounds like a great show for anybody who has <laughs> got student debt or knows anybody who has student debt. But before we get started, I want to take this moment to thank my last week's guest, Ron Kaiser, How to Age Without Fear. Great show. Just a reminder, you can watch or listen to that interview and all our interviews on our membership website, caregiverdave.com or any of the other 26 global networks that I mentioned earlier, iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, etc. Okay, enough of that. Daphne and Shamil, welcome to the Caregiver Dave Show. We're so, so excited to have you on. Thank you so much for having us. And we are really excited to get into this conversation. <laughs> well, my first question I have for you, just who is Daphne and Shamil and why were they placed on this earth? Oh, thank you. Um, so we're the co-founders of Start New. We're people who really were placed on this earth, I think, to give back and to find ways for a community to get closer together. And so we've done that in a variety of ways. Shamil's done that throughout the course of his life with community organizing. And I've done it throughout the course of my life with a lot of volunteering. And so together, we brought that together to create Start New, which is a platform that allows for people to volunteer in exchange for payments towards their student loans. And why student loans? We'll get into it at some point, but the student loan crisis likely affects a lot of people listening. It's a $1.7 trillion problem that is slowing down people, preventing them from making major life decisions and really for getting on with the rest of their life. It's a huge debt burden that's second only to mortgages. And so uh, we've been really blessed to find a solution. And I would think that some people can learn from their mistakes that if all these people have student loans for 200, 300,000, maybe even more, and they're working at McDonald's, uh, maybe college isn't necessarily the right thing for that person or the right major or maybe a vocational school would have been better. 
but um, your partner is somewhere around. Will we hear from them as well or no? So he's actually serving with the military. Okay. So we, won't, we won't hear from him today. Well, we but- better not take him away from his post. He'd be <laughs> guilty right. of AWOL and they might shoot him. God forbid. Right. Exactly. Uh, but, but he is here with us in spirit and he obviously is a huge part of um, this, right. this platform and, and what we've built today. So I don't understand when you said um, volunteer in exchange for, for giving fruit. Uh, explain that. I'm, yeah, I'm sure. Trouble following that. Oh, sure. No problem. So, Right now, a lot of us, whether you actually went to school or you co-signed for somebody who went to school that you might be taking <laughs> Which is the care same of. thing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Let's say you co-signed for somebody to take on student loans so that they could study um, as a part of your regular caretaking responsibilities. Well, that student loan debt has likely compounded and is increasing if you're paying minimum payments oftentimes that don't hit the principal. And so what happens is that when you're paying student loan payments that are just interest or less than the interest payment, it actually increases over time and becomes this huge monster of a burden that is following on top of everything else that we're managing, right? And so we we decided that we needed to solve this problem because it uniquely affected the millennial generation in a bigger way. It was the first time that a generation broadly was massively affected by student loan debt. And student loan debt came out in like the 1960s, I think was when the program first became widespread. And that program became widespread in order to help people go to school. It was actually an opportunity, right? Because school wasn't available to everybody. And especially professional schools were only available or taken by the privileged few because they could afford to actually pay. So the premise of student loan debt was actually to help people. What's happened is that as it's gotten more complicated and more parties have gotten involved, it's become a little bit less beneficial to those that you know were intended to be helped, right? Now we have this massive debt. And so the millennial generation was uniquely placed because of the double back-to-back financial crisis that happened. And I say back-to-back because yes, every 10 years, there's a financial crisis. I hear this a lot from my father. (laughs) Um, So, But the truth is that in 2009, 2008, 2009, you could say when the Wall Street financial crisis happened, the few years later, there was that Black Tuesday. And so those back-to-back dips in market meant that if you graduated during that time, you no longer had a job. You had taken out four years of student loan debt, but you didn't have a job that could actually pay for it. And so those are those people that you were talking about before, right? That are working at McDonald's, that are <laughs> you know, work just doing anything. Or they're homeless now. Who knows? Or homeless. A lot of people, yes, um, became Occupy homeless. Occupy Wall Street. Remember them? I, I do remember this uh, <laughs> phenomenon. Um but in terms of the the generation impacted for people who graduated in that financial crisis time, you graduated, you maybe you had a job and you don't have one anymore, like what happened to me, right. by the way. Right. Um, and then a few years go by, the economy bounces back and entry level jobs, they don't want somebody who's out of college four years with the wrong type of experience. They want a fresh face that just graduated from school right. and you don't have enough experience to get a job job that you would you would supposedly be qualified for four years out of school. So 
trying to solve that problem was where we ended up with Start New, right? Because we had a ton of people that were in need. I actually was volunteering for a nonprofit, just going about my regular business. And they said, wow, we're so grateful that you came here. You actually showed up on time. You're actually helping us out. You were volunteering? I was volunteering. I, you know, we didn't have jobs. So I was trying, I was privileged enough to volunteer. I have to say it that way, because the truth is that not everybody could afford to do that, but I was privileged enough to make it work that I volunteered. What was your motive for volunteering? I just love doing it. I've always been that way. I have to say it comes from my family. You love Um, volunteering or you love doing what you were doing? I love volunteering. I love helping populations that need help. Um, But I think it came from my family. So my father, um, many years ago, dedicated his entire life to helping his country, which is Haiti. And he did this for no compensation, no recognition, nothing. He just decided to give up his professional career and go back to Haiti and make a difference. And he's made huge difference. Everything from when the earthquake happened, helping people who um, would have had their legs amputated, preventing that from happening, all the way to advocating continuously for people to have education rights. Um, The fruit doesn't fall far from the tree, does it? (laughs) I'm not close, but I'm trying. (laughs) Not close. Um, But so, so that just, it's in my family, both on both my parents' side, both my mom and my dad's side, just. Well, well, I guess I'm not surprised that you are a caregiver and you have a caregiver story, right? Tell us your story quickly. Yeah, sure. Definitely. So um, when I was in my 20s, my dad had a you mean you're not still in your 20s. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was in my 20s. Wow, you got good, good skin, good genes. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I am not in my 20s anymore, um, but I do try to hang out with college students, as you can <laughs> see. Hopefully <laughs> that will help me look younger. <laughs> um, but so my dad had a gallbladder attack. I was in my 20s and he uh, like we were just regular family hangout. And in the middle of the night, he like got up and I ran. I was like, what's the matter, dad? And he like fell into my arms. We ran to the hospital. And from that moment on, I just decided that I wanted to be. And I took the initiative. Mm -hmm. Nobody told me to do anything um, to just to be involved in his health because I was concerned. Sure. And so it started off with me like wanting to make sure that he was okay. And I don't know where it came from, but I just got in the ambulance with him. We went and luckily I I was pretty organized. So I already had like a folder system for his records. So you probably didn't even know what a caregiver was. I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Me either. (laughs) I didn't actually. Um, I know what it is, but I am one. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I had no idea. Um, But we show up at the hospital and I was good in sciences and was in what you would call the, the scientific section, if you will. Like I took the classes, but when I got to college and I had taken a few pre-med classes, I really didn't like the hospital environment. So I was out of my element being there, but I knew that like I had to do what I had to do, right? You have to basically overcome all of those fears that are seeing blood, um, all of the, the beeping of the the machines, right? And the seeing everybody connected to things. Yes, I remember it well. Right. I'm sh- yes. So I I basically overcame a lot of fears 
through the course of that. Oh. Did it for many years and then became a mom and then had a child with health conditions. So I was sort of in the process where I was like ex- in the hospital again, doing the whole, uh, you know, caregiving thing, but now having two folder systems, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So one folder system for the baby, one folder system for my dad. And so it's just continued like that. And that's so that's been- what they call the sandwich generation. Correct. That's the sandwich generation. And some people have a club sandwich where they're dealing with, you know, the, uh, the kids and the parents and the grandparents. Oh yeah. That's or- yeah. So how did you handle being uh, in the sandwich generation and handling two sets of files, so to speak? Yeah, two sets of files. <laughs> it's a weird way to say it, but it helps me compartmentalize. <laughs> um, so for me, I think part of um, service was actually really helpful to me. I think it was my form of self-care, still is my form of self-care mm. that allowed for me to, like you say, in a lot of you in your ebook. Yeah. And, and your, your book book, um, you know, that, that self-care is really important to allowing you to do the best of your ability. And so wow, you've read my books. I'm impressed. <laughs> I haven't finished, I haven't finished um, <laughs> the ebook I did. Um, so I just, I just thought, okay, how am I going to be able to manage it? It's stre- It's a stressful experience seeing people that you care about not being well. And for me, it was very emotional because I'm very close to my dad. So I, I'm literally the the kid that said I don't want to outlive my father. Like I want us yeah. to die at the same time <laughs> because I feel like he's like my person. He's like my best friend. So it was very hard for me to see him not well. And um, same thing for a child. It's obviously not great to see anybody that you care about, not well. And so to cope with that, I did a lot of service in different ways to help me manage. It was like service, playing the piano. If I could get my hands on one. Um, yeah. Those were like, yeah. My, my yeah anytime you want to take your mind off your own problems, just help somebody else. Exactly. That, that works every single time. Um, it, how is your father? Did I miss something? Is he still alive? Yes. He's my father. Oh, is still thank alive. God. He's great. He's, no, he's, is he he's, doing better? Yes, he's and how uh, old is he? 74. Oh, he's a young guy. He's got oh. plenty of years left on him. <laughs> My wife is 77. She's doing great. Nice. I love it. I, I like to hear that. Yeah, he'll be around till his, his 90s. Some yeah. what uh, Betty White just died at 99. You know, that's uh, especially the better the caregiver, the longer they live. So, yeah, no problems with that. Awesome. So, um, what are the unique challenges other than the ones you just uh, mentioned about the sandwich generation? Um, your parents, your grandparents are no longer alive, right? Correct. They, they are not. Yeah. So uh, I'm imagining if somebody has a caregiver, a young caregiver has student loan debt, or maybe they had to drop out of school, or maybe they, they lost their job, or maybe they had to quit their job because, you know, their family comes first for many of them. And so this loan is now is looming over their head because maybe if they had to drop out of school, now the loan kicks in, right? Because yeah. they give you some time to pay it nine back, months, don't they? Nine months, right. But eventually they come knocking on the door <laughs> and they don't, while there are forbearance options, it actually isn't beneficial to the actual borrower yeah. because interest capitalizes and you end up owing more. 
So it's it's a real challenge for uh, caregivers in the student loan crisis, right? Because you left school potentially, or you've taken a a rollback on your student loan payments so that you have more money, right, to do some of the caretaking stuff. uh, I personally think that the big problem with student loans is that administrators in these universities are being paid too much. If you could see the percentage of money that goes to their salaries and their pension funds and how little goes to, you know, actually educating, there's no excuse why the price of education should be going uh, faster than any other sector in, in society. Do you agree with that? I actually have very strong opinions about this and have spoken with administrators. We're in the process of actually speaking with policy experts about some of the systemic changes. People are focused on student loan forgiveness, and that's sort of looking at the (laughs) problem. But we need to start. You're talking to the wrong people. That's like talking to the... uh... The, the, the junkie at the drugstore, you know, oh, no. <laughs> I'm not going to give that stuff up. You've got to talk to the government and all these politicians are promising all these things, but it never happens, does it? It hasn't. It hasn't happened in a way to help us yet. And and we're very hopeful. We try to be optimistic about about this problem. But you're right. The source of the problem is the cost of school. Why does school cost so much? Does it need to cost that much? Is it actually being allocated towards pedagogy and education? Those are the. Can they guarantee a degree? How about a money back guarantee? I like that idea. I love that idea. And there have been advocates for that because there are a lot of promises. They'll do the marketing for you, you know? Correct. Correct. No, it's, and it's true. And it's true. Take it like any you other. Spending so much money. It's the least they can do. Minimum, minimum, right? Or help people until they do find the job that they want. And statistics have been manipulated where people just try to get people employed. Uh, I don't know if you follow Above the Law, but Above the Law is a blog for lawyers. And they have this very funny um, ranking that now is taken very seriously. But a few years ago, uh, they put out a ranking for law schools that actually get law students jobs. (laughs) And it became the the standard, right? Uh, But it started off as a joke because law schools were to change the rate of law students employed after graduation. They would employ law students working at the school doing your generation is very uh, powerful position is in a very powerful position because you can vote these guys out and get people in who will change the education system because it desperately needs changing. It's, it's upside down. And I'm talking about way down to high school and grade school as well. Administrators make way too much money. Teaching used to be, and in many countries it still is, a noble occupation. Now right. only, uh, you know, insignificant, I don't want to put teachers down, but <laughs> Uh, there are very good teachers out there, and there are very good professors out there. Dr. Levenis, shout out to Dr. Yes. Levenis. <laughs> but uh, you know, actually- when, when they don't reward um, excellence, then the bar comes down, and and the average, you know, goes down, and and it makes the good teachers look mediocre when they're not. Right. No, for sure. I I I think there's a lot of opportunity again in addressing the source. But we haven't gotten to it yet. Why? So what's your plan? You got a plan? <laughs> we do. So Start New actually works directly with universities. And our goal is to reduce the burden of student loan debt by allowing, which will allow hopefully students to focus on studying, focus on doing what matters and gain relevant experience in their field. So for example, right. 
for a marketing and PR student, you can now do marketing and PR for a nonprofit, gain experience while you're in school. So it's a form of experiential learning. And instead of graduating with theory and no experience, you graduate with years of experience potentially and a clean slate, no debt. So that's our goal. Yeah, and the whole model for education is thanks to COVID, by the way, one of the good things about COVID is that uh-huh. we realize, hey, we can learn uh, online uh, at the computer, but they're charging us the same amount as if they were paying the, the, uh, the whole system is broken. It just needs to be totally revamped because people with the computer, with your phone, we can do it online. We can even work at the same time and come back and forth, take breaks. So, yeah, I'm all for that. Uh, what do you think the odds are of of the system changing? Oh, in my lifetime, it's <laughs> going to be when I'm in my 60s, maybe. <laughs> I mean, well, what can we do in the meantime then to help? In the meantime, I think we need to work on addressing the problem for those affected, right? And so the people that are, do have the debt who don't have time, we need to create a system so that we can automate debt freeness in our life. <laughs> And still take care of our caretaking responsibilities. We don't well, have. What do you say? What do you say about the people who've already gone to college, went into debt, killed themselves, paying it off, and are paid off? And now they look at you guys and they say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I had to pay my debt. Uh, I wish somebody paid mine off." I mean, you know, you start to get that that rivalry. No what one do you say to them. And and that's I think why start new. So like just they followed get- the rules and they're getting penalized. Absolutely. And so that's part of why we wanted to allow for somebody to do something, right? It's called incentivized volunteering because before we were a crowdfunding site. And as a crowdfunding site, people were just getting money for doing nothing. And that was essentially a form of a handout. And what a lot of our users said was that they don't want a handout. They want to actually feel like they've done the work or contributed to society. And that's when we married the concept. So we agree that, you know, your contribution to society, your value as a human, that's why we're here, right? We're here to give back and nobody wants a handout or should want a handout. Us giving back and doing work is contributing to society and it should be valued. Well, how do you get around the labor board and the labor laws that say you can't work for nothing? You have to get paid. You got to get breaks and this and that. What if there's a business who wants to do something Mm -hmm. Um, and let's say you volunteer to work at that business. Uh, mm-hmm. You're not an employee, right? You're just kind of a volunteer. You're not on the books. You're not getting checks or anything like that. How does that uh, employer reduce your debt? How does it work? What's the mechanism? Yeah, sure. So it actually comes from a, a donor. And you, give me one minute to get donor. Yes. Third party. So a third party, a third party. A like you're running in a race and you're saying, sponsor me. If I run 20 miles, you know, donate this and that'll go to them. And so you're donating, but uh, Correct. am I close? Am I getting there? Well, so, so close. So it's, so somebody generous, let's call him um, Richie Rich. Richie Rich <laughs> decides to give a hundred dollars, a hundred thousand okay. dollars to anybody who wants to volunteer for nursing homes. Anybody. I see. And so anybody who wants to volunteer for nursing homes now has the opportunity to sign up for hours towards their student loan debt. So one person says, I'm going to help the nursing home with welcome and initiation. Yeah. The next person says, I'm going to help the nursing home streamline 
their, uh, their, their pain management process, right? Another person says, I'm going to help the nursing home streamline marketing. And so each one of those people are cutting away at the $100,000 and it goes towards their student loan debt specifically. And the nonprofit is just grateful for the help, yeah, the, yeah. which is a legal entity that and Richie Rich can afford it. He, he has to give his money away somewhere. Correct. To get his tax breaks. So what about Correct. you? Let's say you're putting in, I don't know, how many hours a week would you consider volunteering uh, because you do have to work a real job and get, you know, money so you can pay your other bills. Right. Yep. So how many, how many uh, hours a week would you consider and recommend that people do this? Yeah. So we've seen with our users, people who do anywhere from a couple hours a week to people who take this on full time that are like, this is my 40 side hours. Hustle. 20 hours is probably an 20. average. Okay. For them. Cause they got um, other things. Because exactly correct, it's uh, you can't volunteer your way to eat. So, yet. how much per hour um, can we anticipate our debt going down? Uh, minimum wage or more? Or- right now, oh. start start new does uh, twenty five dollars per hour. Wow. So each owner that is giving money twenty five dollars, you divide it, and that's how many hours they get. So for the person who gave a hundred thousand dollars, divide that by twenty five. That's how many hours of volunteering they contributed. Mm. That's a great idea. Have you got any takers? I well, we have. How many Richie Riches are out there? Oh, Bill Gates should be all over this. He should. You know, let's talk. Call him up. Tell him I said he should be doing this. I'll let him know. Dave told me, (laughs) and and he'll just definitely give a call. Um, No, we've we've really uh, been quiet with marketing, but recently started towards the end of last year trying to put our name out there. And part of that goal was to get more people to donate because the more people that donate, the more people student loans that are paid off. So you have marketing uh, entrepreneurs on your team. Um, No, it's just, it's just the two of us uh, doing Get a marketing guy on there. Oh, thank (laughs) you. We'll, we'll work on that for sure. No, it's just, what's his background? Shamil's background is community organizing. So he started off in politics, doing a lot of helping politicians get their name out there through what today is very normal, but back then it wasn't social media. So he helped a lot of people that are in office today uh, get elected through social media organizing. So no experience in, um, in fundraising, either of you? No, not, not where yeah, that's what, that's, what's missing on your team. You need one yeah. more team member who yeah. is, uh, you know, a fundraiser who's, who yeah. knows Bill Gates, who knows, you mm-hmm. know, Hillary Clinton, who knows everybody who's got money. Politicians are loaded with money, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, <laughs> All right, don't get me started. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you. So it sounds like a good deal, actually. Thank I'm, you. I'm very proud of you for whose idea was this? It was both of ours, I would say. I think it started off with um, coming back from financial aid office saying, what if we could have a crowdfunding site? And then Shamil said it could also pay student loans, not just tuition. And then we tried that out. The market told us they didn't like it. And our users actually told us they want to do something that allows them to contribute. Can you imagine Joe Biden on his next press conference saying stuff like this and saying, you know, I've got a great idea of how we can reduce student debt. You know, no, we're not just going to forgive it, but there's a great program. All of, you know, the rich people who have so much money, they're looking to donate, then they can do this and do that and do that. That shot in the arm would would really launch it, I think. 
And then people would step up to the bat. Well, I, I can do that. I can give a million dollars. I can give a half a million dollars and so on and so on. So you've got to well, get. Dave, I, I think we need you on our team. <laughs> really, it sounds like you. Welcome to we start. Need new. Someone like me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who has money and time. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. No. Yeah. We. That's, those but are I'm great just, ideas. I'm, I am I'm a USC graduate, um, uh, a uh, business major, financial management emphasis. Go to the um, students in some of these universities like USC and just have a little table and start saying, you know, you guys, uh, will you help us market this? Would you? Would yeah. you? Because USC, for example, I mean, many are Harvard and Princeton. They're all well connected to huge endowments and very wealthy alumni. And that's where you want to get. Now, unfortunately, um, uh, well, it's not, it wouldn't hurt the colleges, I think, because they're still charging their outrageous prices. But, um, you know, we're reducing the debt and it doesn't hurt the colleges at all, does it? No, not not at all. We'll come and, after them later. <laughs> right. We actually have a campus ambassador program where oh, uh, students can join. And in exchange for them marketing the university, they actually get paid if Start New comes on their campus. Yeah, because so, all of those students have parents who are very wealthy alumni. <laughs> Thank it's you. True. It's true. Well, well, we'll be hitting them up as well. Yes. USC, we we're coming to you next. <laughs> USC is a good is a good wealthy school. Thank you. And they have wealthy alumni. All right. So why this last question should have been asked first, but why are you so passionate about student loans? Well, it comes as a, a challenge of just being in the generation. It's like Gen Z is very passionate about the environment. Yeah. Our millennial generation was deeply affected by student loan debt, right? It's something that if you meet a millennial, 80 something percent of them, it's 45 million people. Um, so it's a lot of people. Yeah. They're going to have a student loan debt story, right? So um, that's probably that was probably the foundation for why this issue. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Time really flies. Uh, I think we've covered everything. Is there something that you wanted to say before we uh, uh, wrap it up? Yeah. So if anybody is interested in finding out more about Start New or finding out how you can help reduce your own student loan debt, we actually have a little mini masterclass online that uh, you can access for free. It, you can visit startnew.com slash financial freedom. That's startnewnoo.com slash financial freedom. And there you'll have a series of videos and PDFs that will help guide you towards getting your own financial independence and creating your own system. So people can do something to start helping themselves right now. Right now. Don't exactly. have to wait for all this stuff that we're talking about. That's yep. great. Yep. That's awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on. And just a reminder, all our live shows become recorded pod and video casts on all the platforms mentioned before, you know, uh, iTunes. Is, uh, I can't think of anyone. <laughs> iTunes, YouTube, uh, Stitcher, all of those things. Um, and on, of course, Dave, uh, caregiverdave.com. It's a free membership support community with lots of tools, resources, and free gifts too. Oh, and please check check the like button on whatever platform you happen to be watching this or listening to this because it helps Google reach even more with their uh, algorithms and analytics and all that. So again, to all my listeners and to my wonderful guests, thank you so much for tuning in. And for all of you who tune in each and every week, making us the number one caregiver podcast, we appreciate it. So until next time, may God bless you richly. We'll see you then.
Bye-bye. Okay, that's a wrap. You did a great show. Thank you. I hope you you get a lot of excitement and uh, support from this. Yes. Thank you so much, Dave. I really do love your ideas and we're going to actually implement that. Thank you. Did I give you ideas you didn't have? (laughs) Well, yeah, definitely in terms of the school. So I think that would be really uh, helpful. I never thought how we could segment schools. We just generally said we're going to reach out to schools. We want to reach out to the wealthy schools because their kids go there. Right. And they're, they're, those alumni are CEOs of huge corporations. They're politicians. They're judges, et cetera, right. et cetera, et cetera. Right, right. They no. want their kids to go to the same school they went to so they could have the same opportunities, et yeah. cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> you know the system down. <laughs> well, we'll let you know when we're opening up our board of advisors. In All case right. Yeah, you pick my brain anytime. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Thank you. God bless you. Bye-bye. We are a community of caregivers that understands and supports you wherever you are in your journey. We are a place to connect with other caregivers, but more importantly, a place to get practical, actionable help. There are lots of ways for you to get support. First of all, you can download our welcome pack. This will get you started on your Thrive journey. Next, you can ask and get answers to your questions by posting them here in our private Facebook groups. You can also get live online support by attending one of our live weekly Connect webinars. You can get practical, actionable advice by listening to our weekly podcast. You can hear and read other stories about other caregivers' experiences. Plus, add your own in our weekly Share Your Story forum, posted every Tuesday in the Facebook group, you can access essential resources and download practical Thrive Solutions Packs, all of which are geared to help you thrive as a caregiver. You can get lifetime access to all of our resources. Again, we're here to support you and help you thrive and to enjoy your life as a caregiver. And remember, this is a place to get hope, not just cope. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again.